Jukebox, jukebox, playlist, playlist, head tracks, Cody Chris, but we sing our songs sometimes, sometimes, head dance, head dance, we're friends, mm-hmm. we might even get a little groove again, crazy little top ten show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 25 of, of Jukebox Playlist. I'm your host, Brooklyn Vale, uh, and today we are doing uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, this is one that I wanted to do uh, for quite uh, some time. We're doing it today uh, because uh, it is, I believe, the 39th anniversary of uh, of Weird Al debuting uh, on, the, on the music scene uh, with, uh, yeah. So uh, we have Kelly and uh, and Scott joining us today. Uh, Kelly, how are you? How are you doing? Um, Weird Al, super exciting. Uh, how was it making the list? Yeah, uh, I, when you announced this topic, I'm like, that's one I really would like to jump on because it doesn't get brought up very often. And it's someone who really has been around for such a period of time. You talk about people who reinvent themselves and be able to stay current, and Weird Al is just one of those artists that's able to do it. So I've been really excited to make this list. It was hard though. Yeah, absolutely. This was this list was incredibly hard. I started like I couldn't make a top ten. I think I just made a top twenty five and just ranked everything from there. Uh, but Scott, uh, you're joining us as well. Uh, you had a weird out song on your eight, on the eight minute except eight minute eight minute epics episode, and I was kind of a little little teaser, I think, uh, for a show yeah. like this. Uh, but how you doing? Yeah, I think I even mentioned him back when I did the. Uh jam session yes yeah right um i think i mentioned it was like my guilty pleasure artist but yeah no i've been into weird al ever since my sixth grade music teacher showed us a lot of his music videos during class one day um and yeah it's he's pretty fascinating guy like he went to like caltech like and studied like astrophysics or some kind of like really complex science um and yet you know he chose instead of doing that he decided he was gonna make a riff on a queen song about a guy who gets on a bus and that was where it all started so. yeah that's that, that's how they get you just parody queen songs um but yeah how this is gonna work is uh kelly scott and i each have our 10 favorite weird owl songs we're gonna go through our 10 through 10 through 6 then our five through ones individually uh individually rather uh each panelist has uh two things that they can use uh a scratch and a skip uh a scratch being uh if uh, someone else had a song on their list that would have made it onto yours uh then you can use a scratch to throw that song in there uh and then a skip uh, being if uh, someone else has uh, has a song higher on their list, uh, then they say skip uh, to give them uh, what we say honors uh, in uh, in the realm. Uh, but Kelly, kick us off your number ten. I'm going to start with my most recent pick, which is um, "Tacky" off Mandatory Fun. Yep. So um, I loved this 2014 comeback when Al was really back in, in the um, pop culture eye and riffing off Happy, which was just one of the biggest songs of 2013. You really couldn't escape it. And turning that into Tacky, I really appreciated that. I like a lot of the lyrics, um, just those everyday little quirks that things you want to say to people, but you can't, but you know that's just behaviour that's just not okay. Um, and I love the video with all the comedians Dancing in their clothes. I love the Jack Black cameo. That's fantastic. So uh, tacky, tacky. Is nice. Um, yes, uh, mandatory fun was a was a pretty like pretty solid album overall. Um, I was supposed to see him in Moncton, I think, 
uh, whenever that tour, whenever that tour was happening, uh, but I was unable to make the show. Um, but yeah, um, I just love the, I love sort of not, not like the deadpan delivery, but it's just kind of like how serious he is for like how campy the lyrics is. Um, I, I love the line of, um, it's like, are you pregnant or are you just really fat? Um, just it's stuff like that, that, that kind of, um, like keeps it going and then like and then even the bridge like ain't no shame can't can't nothing bring no shame uh scott yeah i like that this song kind of stands in opposition to everything that happy is about because happy is like the most like soulless like inoffensive piece of like music you could possibly think of and this is like no we're gonna just try to be not like not like offensive in the sense of like explicit but just like offending traditional sensibilities like talking about crazy clothes yeah are you pregnant are you fat all this kind of stuff so i think that's kind of a fun twist on a song and i'm not really that big of a fan i think the worst crime committed was somebody using comic sans as a font on your resume and i'm gonna judge it and that's happened in real life not Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> um, all right, Kelly, your number nine. Um, my number nine is Eat It. Really? In interesting, because I always think of this as one of the real big ones. This is sort of what pushed him into the big time with the Beat It um, music video parody, and he's got the, um, the guitarist and the red jacket and just everything that's iconic to Beat It. But because um, food puns and songs is such a big part of his early 80s career i think this is the pinnacle of it for me so this is one that went around school a lot i think one of my end of year concerts this was like one of the items to it because it's just one of those ones that kids do gravitate towards but um yeah i, I don't mind this one it's one that i listen to less as it goes on but i think it's still an iconic owl song um yeah i think this i think the song is is, is okay um I'm there. He does do a lot of songs about food. I think Zach even joked about it whenever we were on uh, Aim It at Epics. Um, but I think what keeps keeps this one off of the shortlist is that I just I really love Beat It. Like Eddie Van Halen solo and that is is just it's incredible. So every time I hear this, I'm just kind of like I just, I want to listen to 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 Beat It now. Um, but it's it's a like if you love '80s Weird Al, this is right up your alley, uh, Scott. Yeah, it's, I mean, it is a classic. I, I, I'm kind of like have a few more deep, sort of deep cuts on my list, maybe. Um, so I kind of went away from it, maybe. But also, yeah, like the whole food song thing. I have I have my one food song on here um, that, I mean, you know, you probably guess because I've already talked about it. But um, that'll be coming up. But yeah, no, no, I don't have anything bad to say about this one. It's, it's great. Um, all right, uh, your number eight. My number eight is Pokerama from Straight Outta Linwood. Almost made my list. Almost. I think you have to have a poker song because the accordion and poker is something that's just so iconic to Al. I love an artist that's just so unapologetically, unapologetically themselves. And this is just, accordion's maybe not the coolest instrument, but he's it's something he loves and is included on every album. And I think Pokerama's the one of the best for me because it's got those um, middle 2000 songs I really love, like Float On. Beverly Hills, Drop It Like It's Hot. And um, the earlier ones are maybe just straight poker, but on this one, he maybe changes a bit to like doo-wop and really changes the style for each song to suit it, but still in the poker vein. So Pokerama, I think, is, is the height of, of his poker songs. Um, I just said poker a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, po 
I the, the polka medleys in general, I think, is where Weird Al has his most his most fun. It's like it's like he can't really mess around with the lyrics as much. It's more so like how the music affects the overall emotions of it. Um, I think he has a couple other polka medleys that are that are just a little bit better. Um, but I do love this one, um, especially in the. Um, oh yeah, sorry. The part that I'm getting to right now because I was I was I was going to say drop it like a top, but that's a different that's a different song. But they like the candy shop section, and it's just very like carnival sort of circus. Um, and I love I love the sort of like this the zany take on those very sort of like mid, like serious sort of like gangster lyrics. Uh, but Scott, yeah. Uh, so I do. I limited myself to one polka song because I love the polka song so much. Like I could have, you know, put four or five on that uh, of them on there on here. Um, so I limited myself to one and I like narrowed it down to a short list. Polka Ron was definitely on my short list because this was like the first one I ever heard. Yeah. I, you know, I grew up in the mid 2000s. So like all of these hits were like what, you know, I, I was used to hearing. So um, yeah, this one always has a special place for me, but it came up just short of the one that I ultimately went with. No spoilers. Um, all right, uh, Kelly, your number seven. My seven is UHF. So in 2003, I got the uh, Weird Al DVD collection. So, and it was around the time Poodle Hat was coming out, and this was like the pinnacle of Weird Al for me. And I came across UHF, and usually you would have heard a lot of the parodies, like they get passed around school the most, but UHF is the, always the one that sticks out to me of what I just really gravitated to because it's got all those late 80s songs and influence from that that I just love and being that it's the song from his movie and everything this is the one that gets stuck in my head that it's actually like a tv jingle where it's like we've got it all on UHF like I love it um and just the way he parodies all the music videos of the time with the prince and the guns and roses and all that uh, this one is one of the better originals to me yes um so I I'm not a I'm not a massive person on on UHF. I, I actually haven't I haven't seen the movie yet, um, but um, there was one from the album that I that I did consider to add. But I feel like it could be talked about a little on down the road. Um, but I'm, I'm I'll I'm check this check this one out later. Like this is definitely this is one of the deeper cuts that I that I just haven't attached to. Uh, Scott, yeah, believe it or not, I've never seen UHF either. Outside of the fact that um, at his concert that I went to years ago. They, he plays like clips from it in between because uh, he does all these costume changes and stuff like that in between songs. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know this song, but again, I went with like a different sort of TV style jingle song that he has done. Like this is all setting things up for my list to come. <laughs> um, all right, Kelly, your number six. Uh, my number six is Like a Surgeon. So um, this is one I always enjoyed watching on the DVD collection, but when I listened to it recently, I was like, oh, maybe I'm just like got childhood nostalgia and I don't remember it as much. So it was higher on my list. But when I watched the video, oh, it just shot all the way back up to number six because there's so many gags in this video that elevates the song. So when he's doing all the Madonnaisms of rolling around on the floor and he just seductively looks and says, got your kidneys on my mind, I lose it. I can't. It's so good. And then the dances down the hallway, the arms and the Madonna videos. And yeah, this is one that when I watch the video, I appreciate the song a little bit more because just those um those medical lines just take it to the next level um yeah this song this song is cool um i'm 
one of the one of my gripes I have, I guess, with with Weird Al's early career, is I think his his vocal quality just didn't quite didn't quite get there. It's still like very nasally, and I find I find it's it's kind of hit and miss during this phase. But yeah, the video for this is is is, is so is so funny. Like, and I and maybe that's why it is because I, I I don't have that like attachment to Madonna, and like I don't I, like I don't find those those things that you're talking about like at like as funny. Uh, but yeah, no, this is this is really cool for like especially again that that era. Uh, Scott. Yeah, this was close to making my list. It, I like when Weird Al puts the weird in Weird Al, and like this song is like him at doing like his super dark, gross stuff sometimes, which um, I think often pays off. And uh, you know, to do that to such a classic pop song, I think is uh, part of his brilliance. So yeah, this is a, a very good pick. Nice. Um, all right, we are on to Scott for your ten through six. Okay, my number 10, speaking of dark, gross songs, uh, Weasel Stomping Day. <laughs> yeah, I put this in the 10 slot just because, you know, you can't get too mad at somebody for putting it in the 10 slot. But, um, yeah, this is this is uh, the song that probably gave PETA a lot of nightmares. Um, but this was kind of what I was alluding to with, uh, you know, the TV-style jingle. This is basically like a children's cartoon theme song um, about violently uh, executing weasels. Um, and yeah, just some of the some of the lines. I mean, it's it's like super catchy in a way that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable, which I kind of like. Um, and yeah, just some of the imagery, like spreading mayonnaise on the lawn. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just a very funny song. Um, so I put it there in my 10 slot. Uh, Kelly. This is one I hadn't heard of until recently. So then when I've gone and looked up the video, I was like, oh my good goodness, what am I watching? Um, I do appreciate the juxtaposition of the, the jingle with um, stomping on a weasel and, you know, its whole body jumping out of its skin in claymation, but um, it's just not for me. Um, so yeah, I first heard this song uh, during an episode of Robot Chicken. Uh, I believe that's where the where the video for this com comes from. Just like it's just one of the one of those random skits. Um, and yeah, the the line that I was gonna bring up that I love is "spread that mayonnaise on the lawn." Mm -hmm. um, this did this did make my shortlist uh, for Weird Al songs uh, at number at number nineteen. Um, but yeah, I love the I love the morbid sort of like. Because like even at, even at the end of the song, it's like put down like put down your gun. It's weasel stopping day. Like how dare you shoot weasels? We're gonna stop them. Um, but uh, Scott, you're number nine. Yeah, I'm going to Mandatory Fun as well. Uh, for one of my favorite style parodies from Weird Al, My Own Eyes. Uh, yeah, this is uh, his parody of the Foo Fighters, um, which it's a hilarious song that like takes the, you know, Foo Fighters like really straightforward, pretty serious like rock aesthetic and just inserts like these really odd lyrics about like uh, basically just a bunch of weird people that he ends up observing like, uh, you know, junkies eating tubas and uh, people are behind dumpsters. And, um, you know, again, it takes that sort of weird out, like, like not, not I, I can't think of the exact phrase that I'm looking for, but like the way he like looks at random people in society and um, is able to like use their weirdness um, in his music. And uh, again, th that in the context of what sounds very much like a Foo Fighters song. Like it, it is kind of crazy how, how much he uh, is able to capture the sound of, of the Foo Fighters. Putting that in that context, and I think that's something he's really good at, is knowing how to take funny lyrics and put them in a context that makes them even funnier. Um, and this is a good example of that. Uh, Kelly? 
Uh, it's not one I'm super familiar with, but I think you're right with like the observational comedy is definitely one of Al's strong points. Observational, that's what I was trying to think yeah. of. <laughs> um, um, his, oh, sorry, sorry, go. No, no, go, go. No, no. I was I was just gonna say his style parodies are are really are really interesting. Um, I think he can he can do some fun stuff. My I want to say I wouldn't even say it's my gripe with it, but it's just my general observation is that like whenever I hear this song, I don't necessarily get like the humor of it. It's like yeah, this is an awesome song, but I want to go listen. Like now I want to listen to Foo Fighters. I want to go listen. Like, I want to listen to Wasting Light. Like everything that kind of inspired this song. Because uh, it, it's just like yeah, I'm not like like Kelly said. I'm not I'm not I'm not. 100% familiar familiar with this one. I know I know that I've heard it before, but like I'm not attached to the lyrics like I am with uh, some other ones. Uh, but yeah. your number eight. Yeah, I was just saying, I know it hits different for you. Like if he did like an Arcade Fire parody, I'd probably feel the exact same way. But um, my number eight is uh, I Lost on Jeopardy. Ah, uh, skip. All right. Uh, okay, my number seven is the song I brought up on 8-Minute Epics, Trapped in the Drive-Thru. Ah, uh, skip. Skip. Great, uh, and my number six, also from Straight Outta Linwood, which is my like favorite Weird Al album, uh, "Virus Alert." Okay, yeah, no, this song, like, even though it's not about the same type of virus as um, you know, as we have been through in the last year, it does kind of hit hit different in quarantine. But this is <laughs> a song about computer viruses and every single like. Uh, chain email you've ever gotten that is like, oh, click on this link. Um, and it's basically about the weird, absurd after effects of somebody who actually does click on the email, like with the subject line, sticky cheese. Um, and they end up having their name legally changed and uh, make their TV ends up being forced to record Geely over and over again. Um, and just all the, all the like awful things that he comes up uh, with through that happens to people after they click on these links um, is kind of funny because I also remember the era of like when these chain email things were super big. And, um, you know, there was also all, all kinds of people who were like anti them, like, uh, you know, oh, like avoid these at all costs. You never know what this is going to do to your computer. So he kind of takes that to an extreme here, which is funny. Nice. Uh, Kelly. Yeah, uh, I think Al's at one of his strongest when he's taking the everyday and just heightening it to ridiculous levels. That's I'm going to bring a song up about that in, in future as well. But um, yeah, this is, a, this is a good choice. It's definitely of the moment what was happening in that mid-2000s, you know, just after Y2K, but before sort of smartphones is in that, that period right there. So that, that's cool. Uh, yeah, I love the uh, I love the chorus of this, like especially especially the riff after like virus alert, da -da 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 -da. Um, and then uh, the the pre-chorus of this, like whenever they do like that, like that the kind of that two beat section, um, like I know he goes into a rhyming section where he says like it's like Reggie, um, but it's that very change sort of, like, your name to Reggie, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Limitwood is a pretty fun album. I just have some other ones uh, that I wanted to talk about, uh, but. Uh, I believe we are on to your number six. That was my six. So it's oh, that was your six. Left. All right, cool. So now we're now we're right over to me. Uh, so my number ten. Uh, this is my first one from Weird Al in 3D. Uh, it is the theme from Rocky Thirteen, aka the Rye or the Kaiser. Um, so yeah, if you know if you know me, I'm the sandwich guy. Uh, this is a song about bread and about what kind of bread you want your you want your sandwich on. 
Um, I just I love again the seriousness of these of such the of these so like ham fisted lyrics of of and it's literally just him as a server in a restaurant telling some like going over a menu. It's like you know, um, I suggest that you I suggest that you get an appetizer. Um, you can have the you can have the ham ham or the beef or the tuna, and it's just like those. It's it's making those mundane things hilarious because because everybody has had a sandwich, and I think it's just how it's just like the the silliness and, and silliness in that sense of how simple it is, I guess, in a way. Um, but yeah, um, one of the rare uh, instances where he uses like a theme from a movie. I guess he would use that a little later on down the road. But uh, Scott. Yeah, I thought somebody might have had this one. I'm not surprised that you did, Brooklyn. But uh, yeah, no, what else is there to say? It's uh, it's another great food song by Weird Al where he takes uh, a song that everyone knows and yeah, this sort of like triumphant anthem and is like, let's tone this down a few notches and make it about like one of the most uh, bland. I mean, you know, it, bread is great. I love bread, but you oh, know, it's, like it's bland. one of the... Yeah, um, one of the blander food items out there. Um, yeah, it's. I don't even know how he thinks of these things, but it's it's uh, funny. Yeah, uh, Kelly. Yeah, very untypical of the early catalog with the the food and everything like that. So yeah, this is this is a good choice. I enjoy going back for this one. Nice. Um, all right, on to my number nine. Uh, this is my personal favorite from Mandatory Fun. Uh, I believe this was the first. No, this was the second single I think from it, uh, and it is Word Crimes. So yeah, this one um similar to to theme of Rocky 13, but take out the seriousness of it and just like they're go like they're going ham-fisted, but it's but it's meant to be hilarious. And even like the music video in this, there's very it's very subtle. Like it's I think the, the music video for this is a lyric video, but they have different pictures of like like weird owls in there, like 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 what is the old photo of him having um uh, playing an accordion or whatever um but i just love the like the big words um use it and it's kind of like the like the condescending tone that you get throughout like bcru aren't um aren't our words not letters so get it together um or it's like um stop using numbers um or yeah like letters is numbers like um it's like if you're seven or your name is or your name is prince um and then the part like where it switches over to like the ti rapping um and uh just like honestly the technical precision in in that um uh yeah but again just a super fun song uh scott uh yeah no the, the this is a good one um sorry i zoned out for a second <laughs> um which song was it again that you picked that's okay uh word crimes Right, right, of course. Yeah, no, this is a good one. I, uh, as an English major, I very much appreciate this song. I remember the uh, the when it came out. I remember it being released as a single. I mean, first of all, it's definitely better than the song that it's based on, right? <laughs> it's yes. definitely better than Blurred Lines. Yeah. Um, however, I do think that there is a better grammar-based comedy music song out there, and that is Semicolon by The Lonely Island, which if you've never heard that one, is just an absolute classic. So maybe that's why this one just missed my list, but it's a fun one. Yeah, uh, Kelly. Yeah, I was tossing up between this or Tacky as my tenth spot because those are the two highlights of the album for me. And I'm so glad you brought up the video because I love that it's a song about grammar and words so that if it's the lyric video, you can actually read what he's saying in time. And the technical precision, you're so right with that phrase, like the way he matches it to Blurred Lines and the, and the beat and everything is really, it's a well done pace. Yeah. Um, all right, on to my number eight. Uh, this is my favorite song from Alpocalypse. 
Um, so what if they did a, a, a Chuck Norris song in the vein of White Stripes, but they changed Chuck Norris with one of the greatest people from the 70s game show Match Game, uh, and it is CNR. That is a skip. Let me stop you right there. All right. <laughs> um, all right. My number seven um, is actually my first polka song we're talking about, and it is his most recent one. It is the Hamilton polka. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think this is his most, like, one of his most technically impressive um, performances ever, um, especially just how he's able to jam pack those lyrics. Um, Especially when you get into the Washington on your on your side bit, uh, when he's doing that doing that 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 Jefferson rap, um, he also does uh, like just the fast section from from Guns and Ships, and like these are these are already sped up sections of already fast songs. So like he's taking this, he's taking again. I feel like I'm using this word a bunch. The zaniness of it uh, with these with these polka medleys, um, and it's just like. I love, like, yeah. I just love the sort of hecticness of 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 it all, and like the random sounds that that you get um, throughout. Uh, Scott. Yeah, no, this one is great, um, and you're right about it being very technically impressive. Uh, if also, if you've never seen the video of Lin Manuel Miranda like reacting to this, listening to it yes. for the first time, yeah, I highly recommend it. He, it's it's great just to see like the pure joy on his face as he's listening to it. Um, but yeah, no, he this is what he's so good at doing, and the best of his polka songs is like fusing all of these disparate things together it's maybe a little bit easier to do when you're talking about a musical where a lot of the songs are kind of in the same style but um not easier in terms of the delivery and yeah that's that's what's so impressive about it that he was able to jam so much in there and get all those words in and it sounds really good um just like hamilton uh, come. yeah another case of two things you wouldn't automatically think would go together and then he ends up making them seamlessly work really well. It's, I haven't watched the reaction video. I'm going to go find that now. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's great. <laughs> um, all right, on to number six. And this is my favorite one from Weird Al 3D, the skip from earlier, uh, I Lost on Jeopardy. Um, yeah, so this, like, this song, I think, um, eclipses the original in every way, shape, or form. Because it's like, does anybody talk about the original of this of this song anymore, like Our Love's in Jeopardy? Um, but yeah, like I took potpourri for 100, and then my mind went start mind uh, went start, started to go dumb or go blank or whatever. Um, yeah. But like even even the end part of this, uh, when it's just the spoken word, it's like you won't even get our you won't even get our home game or uh, riceroni the San the San Francisco <laughs> San Francisco trees, um, and then just like that chorus, I think is just is is incredibly catchy, and it's the one of the more not true, but it's the one of one of the more um, one of the more closer parodies where like he isn't like he isn't changing. I, I don't think a ton um, in the, in the music. It's it feels like very much like he's almost singing singing over the karaoke track because um, normal like he might like change a key or something or even or like throw in another instrument. But this sounds like like the exact backing track. Uh, Scott, yeah, uh, this was my number eight. Um... People, a lot of people know I absolutely love Jeopardy. I watch it every single night. Um, it's been like an important show in my life for as long as I can remember. Um, so this song has that sort of personal element to it because I like it's it's slightly traumatizing because I also have like a huge fear of like someday I'll actually make it on Jeopardy. 
and, you know, choke under the pressure, whatever. Because like many, many others out there, you know, probably who watch the show every night, you watch it and you're like, oh, like, how do they not know this? I could get this. If I were on there, I would totally, you know, be getting this. Um, but, you know, it's obviously a different story when you're there. You have to get it, be the quickest to buzz in, whatever. But I think he does a great job of capturing um, the nervousness and the fear of like being under the lights. Um, even on something that like, you know, maybe to some people is as mundane as Jeopardy, um, you know, to me, again, somebody who loves Jeopardy and, would, you know, die to be on Jeopardy someday. Um, it, it speaks to me on that level. So I had to have this one on my list. Yeah. Uh, come. Uh, this didn't make my list. It's not one I've ever really gravitated to. I love the setting of Jeopardy and I love all the um, lyrics surrounding that. It's the music. The music and the song that it's actually parroting has never really uh, done it for me. But I love when he gets like a bit bitter towards the end and is just saying, now tell me now that I didn't win. And it's just so intense. And, and I just, whenever you, yeah, I, I feel that when you don't do as well as something that you expect to excel in, I, I definitely can, can relate to that. Nice. Um, all right. So uh, back over to Kelly for your five. Uh, my five is off running with scissors and is your horoscope for today. So this is one of my favorites of the originals. Um, as, <laughs> uh, I think I'm quite open-minded. So if you want to take whatever you want out of horoscopes, but the way that he just amps up the ridiculousness of what each, uh, each horoscope that he goes through is just fantastic. And then the chorus is just so catchy. It's an absolute earworm. Like I can just be like sitting there and just be like, that's your horoscope for today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it just gets in your brain and that's the only words. But then when he breaks it down towards the end um, and says, my favorite absolute line is, um, tomorrow you'll wake up, do a bunch of stuff and then go back to sleep. Like that just sums up everything. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this one, I like this one a lot. Um, yeah, so this one didn't make my short list, but Scott can attest to this, a uh, little peek behind the curtains. We're recording this right after Miscellaneous Final Man 3, and I was actually singing the chorus to this one before we went live. Um, it's just, I think this might be the only Weird Al tune where he style parodies like Ska, and, and like, it's not quite like, a, I don't think it's quite like true Ska, but it's, I'm, it's very like upbeat, and I love, I love the, I love the rhythm section of this and just how it keeps, keeps going and going. So the uh, pacing of it's really yeah. good. Yeah, no, I mean, I like really like Running With Scissors. It's probably, it might be my number two album. Uh, but this isn't one that I like return to a lot. But as you all are talking about it, you, you know, you're definitely making me want to go back and listen to it. I, I am definitely, I definitely view horoscopes with a lot of skepticism. So I think, uh, you know, maybe in a new context, I would enjoy it um, as sort of a parody of that. Um, all right, uh, Scott, you're number five. Okay, so we just talked about something I love, Jeopardy. We're going to talk about something else I love. And an artist who... People know me for loving even more than they know me for loving Weird Al. Um, and that's, of course, is Taylor Swift. And Weird Al parody Taylor Swift on the song TMZ from Alpocalypse. And that's my number five. Um, this is a parody of Taylor Swift's uh, You Belong With Me. Um, and yeah, it's about paparazzi and um, taking photos of people in compromising positions. And it's very funny when you apply it to Taylor Swift specifically. And the fact that this is like a person who is under public scrutiny more than just about any other, you know, celebrity public figure out there um, for, you know, going on 10 years or so now. Um, so I think the fact that, um, he is able to make light and make humor and levity out of what is kind of like a stressful situation for 
somebody in Taylor Swift's position, right, where you can't even, you know, you can't go to the grocery store. You can't even do the most basic things without being, um, you know, trailed around by um, these people just looking for a, a photo. Um, I, I, I appreciate that as as a uh, appreciator of of Taylor Swift. I think it's an affectionate parody, which I, I like. Uh, Kelly? Uh, Alpocalypse is probably the album I listen to the least. It's just one of those gaps I have. But um, I like sort of what you're saying about how ahead of the time it is, because if that's like 2011, you can only imagine yeah. like how ongoing and worse it is now. So, and and, and an affectionate is, is a nice way of describing a lot of uh, what Al does. So that's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, Alpocalypse was actually the first Weird Al album I ever bought. Um, so this one got a lot of playtime. Um, it's my third favorite uh, on 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 the record. Um, CNR being my favorite, and then um, the one that is actually my my actually no, there were two uh, two songs I had in between this one. Um, another tattoo, which is which which is my eleven, and then stop forwarding that crap to me, which which is my number seventeen. Um, but I love I love the. Like similar to how you felt about um, about my own eyes, I feel this way about TMZ. Like I love, like I love that you could rock out to this one and you can have fun and like and smile. Um, I love the uh, I, I love I love the bridge in this and like kind of that spoken word section. It's just like everybody is so fascinating um, and kind of like like a very quick little summary of like why it's stupid that everybody follows celebrities in this vein. Um, yeah. But uh, we go on to my number five, um, and it is my favorite polka medley. Uh, it is from Poodle Hat, and it is Angry White Boy Polka. Um, so yeah, Poodle Hat, I would say, is my favorite album of Weird Al's in terms of just like favorite tracks o- overall. I think like if we're if we're basing my favorite album based on what my favorite song is and it would then like then that that goes out of, out of the question. But I think of the most like consistent songs, this is the one. Um right from the right from the from the get go, uh like the that that rendition of last resource of just like cut my life into pieces. This is my last resource. And like I've I think I've talked about before like where I've played this in a road trip and I've bounced the entire time this is played. And um, it's just like, it's a collection of all of these like hard, like 2000s, like new metal, new metal songs that, that, that were coming out. And then um, like a little, like some more garage rock, um, like similar to what Kelly was mentioning in her Poke Medley, they do like, they, they go into that swing style, I think almost in every one. And in this one, they use it for um, the strokes uh, last night. Yeah, last and night. I love, I love that use. I love that usage. I think that's just so like, so, so cheesy. Um, but uh, Scott. Yeah, this was in like my final three for when I was cutting down the polka songs. Um, because a lot of these songs, again, like, you know, System of a Down, uh, White Stripes, The Strokes are all like bands that I listen to a lot. So, um, you know, it, it has that um, plus for me. Although I, I somewhat resent that he, uh, you know, lumps them in with some of the other far less uh, high quality bands that uh, also get their songs parodied in here. But uh, yeah, this is a great choice. Yeah. Uh, Kelly. Even just the title with Angry White Boy Focus sort of yeah. just makes me laugh. It just so sums up. And again, like living through it all and, and what the songs were like, this is this is a hit for sure. Yeah. Um, all right, Kelly, your four. My four is White and Nerdy. So um, 
I just remember when this video was debuting and it just it coming out of nowhere and being on mainstream TV. And this was probably around the time where I was able to watch videos being released in, in real time. So um, it just got so much airplay, definitely passed around the schoolyard. And it's just, it's just a love letter to nerd culture, which was still only just starting to become part of pushing pop culture forward, really. So um, obviously a parody of Raiden, and I love when Weird Al will do um, mix those genres together, like just goes for the unexpected, similar to like Amish Paradise and things like that, like picking a song of the time of what's happening in, in a very different genre and just making it work. So um, yeah, I love this one. This is one that will always like, if I think of a Weird Al song, I'll be like, oh, yeah, let's listen to that. And then the next one is always going to be, okay, now put on one and nerdy. Like, that's what I want to hear next. When I'm getting back into the Weird Al group, that's the one that really does it for me. So, yeah, my number four. X-Men comics, you know, I collect you know, a collective. pens in my pocket. I must protect it. My ergonomic keyboard never leaves me never bored. Leaves me bored. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, this is another another technically impressive Weird Al, Weird Al song. Um, this, I think, is the one that broke out, that kind of broke out for him for, like, for, I think, for our generation. Um, yeah. This would have been, yeah, because uh, coming off of Chameleonaire's uh, White um, Ride Dirty. Also, uh, I just love, like, going back to this video, and it's like, oh, hey, Key and Peel are here. It's like you yes. knowing it's like knowing what you two would do later on in your careers. And it's like, you know, the little things. Um, Scott. Yeah, okay. So I have to be a little bit of a grump for a second. Uh this is not one of my favorites. I, I do like that it was a like that this was a, a genuine hit for Weird Out. Like I think this song charted here in the US, and yeah, that video was kind of like a cultural moment when it came out. Um but this also feels like a song that is like trying to sort of be as close to a hit as Weird Al can make, because it is like boiling his aesthetic down to, I feel like, the most simple level, which is like, I am just a white and nerdy guy, and what if we applied that to a, uh, you know, like a gangster rap song? And, you know, as Kelly alluded to it, but I think there's a better example of when he did that from years before, before this. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a catchy song. He has some nice moments of, you know, techni technically impressive, like rapping fast and stuff like that. But it just feels like a little bit watered down and not quite as weird as I like Weird Al to be. So that's the only reason why I say, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't rank so highly on my list just because I think he has so many other great songs in his catalog. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, Scott, you're number four. Yeah, uh, Skip from earlier, it was uh, CNR. Yeah, this uh, and this again shows off like how versatile I think he is because this is like a heavy metal song almost like with the riffs in this song are just like huge and like just come crashing in there. Um, but then, yeah, the lyrics like again, we're really journeying through some parts of my own life here on this. And like I definitely watched a lot of Game Show Network as a kid probably also came from my uh, my you know, watching Jeopardy and all that. And Match Game is always on um, Game Show Network, or at least what it was back in the day. And of course, you know, like one of the staples of Match Game is is Charles Nelson Reilly um, with his glasses and his pipe and everything. So when I discovered this song years later, like after I had like grown out of watching Game Show Network, I was like, oh my gosh, like, you know, the, this is hilarious that Weird Al um, made a song about this very specific thing, like that I remember watching as a kid. Um, and yeah, it's just like toting him as being a badass. And like, I, I love like the uh, Gene Rayburn giving him a piggyback ride and the giddy up Gene. That's just like my favorite part of the song. Um, yeah, this one is super fun. 
Uh, I've seen the man unhinge his jaw and swallow a Volkswagen hole. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it was kind of, I think it was the reverse for me. I heard the song first, and then like game, sh- and then yeah, because we didn't get Game Show Network until I was in high school. Um, and then going back and watching Match Game, and it's like, oh, this is this Charles Nelson Riley guy is really cool. And it's like, oh, so this was like the meme guy, like before memes were before memes were a thing. Um, but yeah, I think this is a this I think this is like the best style parody um, of like the just that general garage rock uh, sound. Uh, but Kelly, you didn't have this one. No, um, like I said, I'm, I'm Apocalypse is not the album for me. But so I've come across this one recently, and I'm like, that's just genius. So I just haven't had the re-listening to it to have it ingrained. But it's it's very clever, very well done. Um, all right, on to my number four. This was a skip from earlier. Uh, it is Trapped in the Drive-Thru. Uh, skip. All right, uh, on to your number three. Uh, my number three is Smells Like Nirvana. That is also my three. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is just one that I just haven't gotten sick of. Like, it's been replayed over and over again. And some of the other Alice songs, like I said, with Eat It, like, that's definitely gone down to my esteem. But this one is just one that... I will never. I, I just don't get tired of listening to him doing snarl and just doing the mumbling like it's marbles just, in my mouth. And my, I got that written down. I'm like when he has marbles in my mouth, and you watch the video, and he literally just starts pouring out of his mouth. I lose it. It's really so well done, and coming out in '94 at sort of like after, with Nirvana being such a cultural touchstone at the moment. Very well done. Um, a love letter to Nirvana, and yeah, just a great, a great song. Uh, yeah, Scott. Yeah, also my three. Um, I mentioned this in my jam session episode, but I am not a Nirvana fan. I find them to be pretty overrated. Um, but uh, and so maybe that's that's part of why I enjoy this song so much because I think it it really takes the piss out of uh, you know their most classic hit um, <laughs> by you know talking about on on you know to some degree also how. Um, unintelligible the lyrics are and I mean basically I mean very meta just coming out and being like I don't understand like I don't know the words that I am singing right now I mean that's basically um, the lyrics to this song Um, and so I I appreciate that it just goes all the way with um, we're just going to make this song as unintelligible as possible but you know if the riff sounds okay if it's melodic enough in the chorus people will go for it so this is definitely one of my favorites. Um, yeah, so this one was not on on my list. Uh, whenever I first started listening to Weird Al, whenever I went into that first like big phase, um, this would have made my list. But I think it was a combination of just hearing this and hearing "Smells Like Teen Spirit" just kind of kind of killed killed it for me. Like even when I hear that riff, regardless of which version it is, I just hit skip right away. Um, but the one that I did, the one from off the deep end that I, that did make my short list was uh, was actually the white stuff. Um, their uh, their parody of uh, New Kids on the Block, um, yeah. But uh, that puts us to my number three because uh, we just got Scott's number three there. Um, this is my favorite song from Poodle Hat, uh, and it is a parody of Avril Lavigne's uh, "Complicated." It is a complicated song. 
Um, I think this is like one of the great, these are some of the, like, these are three of the greatest verses that Weird Al has ever written. Um, there's something hilarious in every single one. The first one being about him ordering 19 extra large pizzas. Nobody came to the party. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to eat all, eat all the pizza. Then it's about him being constipated. And then the second verse goes into him dating somebody, but the date, but the person he's dating could possibly be a family member. And then the third verse, I'm just going to leave. I'm, I'm not going to tell you guys about it because it's, it's best that you guys just hear it yourselves if you've never if you've never heard it before um but it's just all of these like inconveniences and it's just like these bad breaks um the first time i listened to this song was actually on a road trip uh or, uh road trip to uh when we were skiing with uh some family and it was like me my dad and my two uncles um and we got to that first chorus and like that, that tart where he's like, right, where like I sweat and I clench and I and I scream and I yell, and you could just hear them laughing at every single word that was said during during that course. And I think that's what kind of keeps it this high um, in my in my list. But uh, Scott, this one just crosses the line for me in terms of like the imagery. Like I am not a huge fan of like scatological type humor which maybe is a little bit contradictory if i'm you know talking about some of the that i that i love weird al but um i don't know just like hearing a, a man's description of his constipation and everything is is not something that i like want to return to super often also poodle hat is like not one of my top albums from him either so i think that's probably why this one missed my list a little bit uh plus the song it's based off of is a classic i mean uh, that is true uh, Kelly. Oh, no, I'm going to be really controversial and say I was just so overexposed to complicated that, like, I just can't even do this. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, no, it's just, yeah, being a girl in the mid-2000s, it was just yeah. too much. It was too much. So That's this fair. is just one I've never really um, gone for, but um, I, might, I might need to give it a listen now. Yeah. Um, all right, Kelly, your number two. Um, my number two is The Saga Begins. So I just remember... Before Phantom Menace coming out and just everyone was so hopeful. There was hope for the world of Star Wars. It was coming back. They were re-releasing them. I remember going to see A New Hope at the drive-in. Like, it was fantastic. So this song coming out and perfectly weaving the plot of Phantom Menace into American Pie that is still so pleasing to the ear. I think it's the one even now I'll listen to it and I'll be like, how did he do it? Like, just, just how? How did you get every little beat and nuance into American Pie and make it the new classic? This is the one, the chorus was just so infectious. Everyone was singing it because everyone's just so hyped for this movie. So uh, this is one that's just sticks out in my brain as it's got to be high on the list. Because when I think Weird Al, this is one of those ones of him just as Obi-Wan sitting in the cantina, that that imagery just pops straight into my mind. So, yeah. I think this is one of the best examples that Weird Al, Weird Al has in terms of matching up a famous song with like with 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 the story. And I think these two song, I think these two ideas really really go hand in hand because they're such beloved, um, mm. such beloved IPs. Um, I I I love I love the uh, love the chorus of this. Um, the, the kids in school saying oh, saying yeah. it saying it, it quite a bit. Um, kind of like as like a as a rebellious sort of joke to American Pie because I know that because I know like at the same time that a lot of us were falling in love with that song. People were kind of getting into, into that into this sort of, this sort of humor. Um, 
the music video for this one is all is also really cool. Him being dressed up as uh, as Qui Gon, um, and then you get all these different all these different like people from the Star Wars universe, and just randomly them like da- like dancing like it's a sixties like dance party or whatever. Uh, but uh, Scott, yeah, this was my number eleven. I I left it off because I knew someone would have it because it's such a classic. Um, and yeah, I mean, I also of course remember Phantom Menace like coming out childhood. I it still holds a special place in my heart. It is my favorite prequel by far. It is probably honestly the Star Wars movie that I've seen the most times just because of growing up with it. Um, and so, you know, again, having that be the specific movie that he does the the plot for also, I think, adds to the appeal of the song for me. Um, and yeah, when I went to see a show, it was a midnight set at Bonnaroo. And um, this song and the one that is my number one um, had like the biggest audience participation of any of the um, songs. And he was clearly like very like taken aback by how much people were participating. I think because it was in that festival setting and not like, because if, if you go to like one of his regular concerts, I think it's more of like a, it's, a, it's more like a comedy show than it is like a, a concert. But this was like the full like live music experience. And so that was really cool to like be around people who were, you know, really participating in, in this song. So. Nice. Um, all right, uh, Scott, you're number two. All right, this is my polka pick. Uh, polka Power uh, from Running With Scissors. Um, it came down to this one and the alternative polka for me. Um, and I guess maybe something about the nineties once got me, um, the, the alternative polka is the, you know, like the nineties grunge type one. But, um, yeah, this, uh, is just like the most classic nineties pop hits. Like that's basically just wall to wall starting out, um, with, uh, with wannabe with Spice Girls um, and finishing up with like closing time. I mean, it's just like perfect bookends <laughs> to uh, to the song. And then yeah, there's so many great moments in the middle. Like for me, the polka songs are all about two things. Number one, like the songs that he chooses, are they good? And number two, how can he transition all of them together? And there's just like some flawless transitions. When he goes from intergalactic Beastie Boys into Chumbawamba, like that is like, <laughs> you know, S tier. And then um, the other one that I really like is when he goes um, from, what is it, from Mbop into uh, Sex and Candy. Like, it's just like, who would even think of like putting these two things together? Like the most innocuous song and then yeah, you know, Sex and Candy um, is is hilarious. But then yeah, like just, I know like, every, like this is one where I listened to it like the first time and I knew like every single song was in here. Like you Smash Mouth is in there. Um, you know, there's some other stuff I'm forgetting, but, um, it's, it's so good. Uh, this is, this was the one that just, uh, narrowly edged out a few others in the end for me. Yeah. Um, Kelly. Yeah. Um, obviously loving the, the 90 songs, but I really appreciate what you say about the transitions, about the order and what he, um, makes go after one another and go into it. Um, yeah, this is a really good one. It's, uh, so yeah, I was, it was. I was torn between this one and Angry White Boy Polka, for which one mm-hmm. I was going to going to talk about, because uh, there's aspects of this one I love. Um, I love the Smash Mouth bit of them doing um, "You Might as Well Be Walking on the Sun," yeah. um, and especially like when he goes into that into that lower register and it goes into like this big big accordion solo. Um, and just yeah, I think that's something else we need to talk about too. He's like like people give him slack for playing the the accordion, but that man can play can play it like right. quite fast and quite virtuoso, quite yeah. Yeah. virtuoso. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so I think we're on now to my number two. Um, this show seems like it's going to go back quicker than normal, but um, 
My number two is my favorite from Straight Outta Linwood. It is Don't Download the Sun. Yes. I was hoping somebody would have this. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Jim Green. I know this is I know this is Jim's favorite Weird Al song, but this is essentially like a parody of like we are the world, all of all. Um, we are the world. Um, that that cover of um, what's going on? Like all these big like charity sort of songs where everybody gets everybody gets together, and it's like it's. I feel like this song. I feel like in a way is a parody, but it's also um, something that he would he would kind of go come back to with stop forwarding that crap to me because because you could argue that this is also like a meatloaf parody and that and sort of that style of like the big like 90s symphonic power ballads or whatever um but yeah uh i think this is another great one where the lyrics are just like because because uh, a lot of these songs are like you know go do like go help out this good cause but then you can come to this one it's like no don't download this song go buy the cd like you know like 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 you know that you should um, but yeah, I, I just, I love the, love the emotion in this. I think this is the most like emotional Weird Al song. Um, Scott. Yeah. That I was genuinely deciding like, which like sort of off brand straight out of Linwood song did I want? Did I want this one or did I want virus alert? And I went with virus alert. And so I'm glad this one came up as well. Cause it's so good. And yeah, like the charity paired it like, even Lars Ulrich knows it's wrong. It's like just one of the funniest lines to me. And then, yeah, you know, he, he brings in like the choir and everything at the end for like the last sing along. Yeah, it, it's it's so great. Yeah. Uh, Kelly. Uh, this is one I'm only um, exposed to really recently, but I gravitated towards it immediately because, like you're saying, like with the We Are the World and the charity songs, like it's amazing. But even when he starts listing off like the um, servers, like Kazaa and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing, like that just that takes Rockster. me back to those mid 2000s. <laughs> So good and definitely like just what was happening at the moment with burning cds and all the um emergence of um file sharing and all that sort of thing so it's very just on pinpointing what is happening and skewering what is happening in culture at the moment very good nice. um all right we are on to number one starting off with kelly my number one's the one that i've skipped twice already it's trapped in the drive-through um, I only came to it at 2015 when um, Mandatory Fund came out and I was doing a big deep dive and I hadn't heard it before and I found the video, I was like, this is just brilliant because Trapped in the Closet is obviously so ridiculous. So then to take something so mundane as the quarrel that I'm sure every couple has had about what to pick for dinner that night and just ending up to go to drive through like it's so relatable. Um, and then to have it in this operatic or well, soap opera style, is is amazing to me and um there'll be times on like a saturday night and i'll like let's go for a maccas run like it's on and we'll put on trapped in the trapped in the drive-thru and it's the exact <laughs> amount of time it takes for us to get to our house to get to maccas just to get a mcflurry like it's so it's one of those songs that's become ingrained in it because it is just so relatable and even those lines like um when she wants a chicken sandwich and like that's happened in real life like one day i was like I want a chicken burger. I'm like, I, I don't know you. Who are you? Who are you that you don't want? Like, Hungry Jacks, that you want a chicken sandwich now. You've, in five years, you've never wanted that. So it's just those sorts of things. And we talked about it before with the observational comedy. It's just very, very well done. So yeah, I, I love this one. It's like the joke from Airplane. Jim never drinks a second cup of coffee at home. <laughs> Um, yeah, I had this one at number at number four. Um, 
after the after the eight minute epics episode, mm-hmm. this song was stuck in my head for I think that the next week. <laughs> so many good phrases. I I love the um, whatever the the drive through lady is calling is giving back his orders like one. You want a chicken sandwich? Two. You want a cheeseburger? Three. Because it's all it's all our Um, this is also a very bro song. Like, um, I feel like people could talk about this. Like, especially when you get to that end, and it's like, I just can't believe it, man. I can't believe they forgot the onions. Rip the onions, bro. Rip the onions. Um, but yeah, uh, like, um, I think the line that I may say in the most um, around at home, it's like, here is this acne-ridden kid about sixteen wearing <laughs> that says, "Hello, my name is Eugene," and I just, I love like you can tell that he's using like every muscle in his face to get that nasality yeah. in Eugene. Yeah. <laughs> Like um, you go through Scott. the drive-thru now and see those kids, and you're like, you're Eugene. Exactly. Why'd you just know <laughs> Yeah, this was my seven. I talked about it on the eight-minute epics. I, I, trapped in the closet was something that I like got into with my friends in high school. And this was just like, it's like truly one of the most bizarre things like a major artist has ever put out. I highly recommend people look into it. Also watch the South Park episode, which is one of the best South Park episodes. But um that yeah, that so for him to take it on is just like perfect and again to get all the little cadences and like the way that all again the most those mundane details because that's what trapped in the closet is like half of it is him just describing what his actions are like now i'm walking down the street now i'm turning left <laughs> at the corner and like that's exactly what what weird al you know riffs off of here he almost doesn't even need to parody it because it's like almost a parody of itself but yeah he finds a way anyway yeah but he but he didn't he didn't get a little bored so he did turn on the radio um, uh, Scott, you're number one. Uh, yeah, look, this is a, probably a pretty basic pick because it's one of his absolute classics, maybe his most stone-cold classic song outside of White and Nerdy, maybe, or even, you know, above White and Nerdy. Um, but it's it's the best. It's Amish Paradise. Um, this was, like, maybe the first Weird Al song that I was shown by my, by my teacher. The video, everything about it is just, like, a perfect you know, it boils down Weird Al's aesthetic to like a perfect, you know, three and a half minute song of like, let's take this gangster rap song about like this lifestyle that was like super cool and hip and everything in the 90s. And let's set it in, no offense to the Amish, but like the least hip, the least gangster, like the least like everything that is in Gangsta's Paradise, that like environment that you could possibly imagine. Um, and I mean, the results are, are hilarious. I mean, I know every single line of this song. Again, this is the one I was alluding to. That like everyone was really participating when this song came on. Uh, when he played this at um, his live show um, that I went to, um, and ending with like the like Amish style chorus and like um, yeah, like the flow of it is it, it's just perfect. And um, you know, this is the, the the again the lyrics are just burned in my brain to this song. Um, and sometimes, you know, the the classics are classic for a reason. I think that's it. Uh, that's so true about Amish Paradise because this is this is the best one for me. Yeah, uh, Kelly. Uh, yep. So this is the second video that was on the video collection. So this definitely got a lot of playthrough because you put it in and like go straight to it. Um, the line, a churn butter once or twice living in an mm-hmm. Amish paradise is the one that just kills me. It's amazing. Um, we sell it, it makes my so um, this is on my honorable mentions. It's just one that um, maybe I just haven't gone back to as much recently because other stuff has popped up like trapped in the drive through and such, but it's definitely, like you said, it's a classic for a reason. It's, it's really well done. 
Yeah. Uh, this is this. I would say this is like the number zero. Like it's kind of like the objective number one. Like if, yeah. like, if somebody was to say like, "Hey, this is the best. This is the best weird out song." It's like you're not wrong. Um, I love I love the lyrics in this. Um, uh, like Robinson Caruso were as primitive as as, as could be. Um, and again, uh, just like just just the ham ham fisted lyrics with the with the seriousness um, of the song, and then um, I love the ending of, of the song as well when it goes into that chorus, and then just that very subtle subtle like lack at, at, yeah. at the end, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of had that ending, kind of had the emphasis of like, oh yeah, almost people think everything is gross, but that's not that's not the case. Um, they're incredible people, um, but. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I didn't. No, I'm sorry. I'm gonna head on my you. Yeah, yeah, it's on to me. Um, we are ending off the show with my favorite Weird Al song. Uh, and this was on Eight Minute Epics. You guys would have figured it out by now. Uh, it is my favorite song from Running It is Albuquerque. Um, I think that this is like in in an alternate universe where we're doing favorite songs to sing in the shower this week. This would also be my num- my number one. Like it's eleven minutes. It's the perfect it's the perfect way to like, kind of like wake up. It's um it's like way back when I was just a little boy living in the, living in the shop of my parents' basement. Um and it's just like I the, the randomness of it and just like the the riff and the chorus. I think is just a very like this very energetic. Um, the section about like donuts. Um, I think the I think one of the sections of the song that gets a lot of gives me a lot of re-listen is like the is the airplane miss where it's talk, talking about him like them crashing and it's like oh it's like and everybody on the plane crash died except for me. You know why? Because I had my tray table up and my seat back <laughs> in the full upright position and like again just sort of like yeah I I did that thing despite all of this bad shit sort of sort of sort of happening. Um, but yeah, I think like, um, I know the conversation has been brought up for like, if you were to do a Weird Al movie, what is the song that you either open with or close with, or like, what's, what's the song that you kind of base it around? And I think this is the song to introduce, like, this is kind of the great way to, to know about Weird Al in about a, in a, but a short a time frame as you can. Um, I think trapped in a drive-thru might be the next best in terms of like just getting an overall sense of what Weird Al is about. But if you want to get his storytelling, then you go listen to Albuquerque. Uh, but Scott, your thoughts on this song? Yeah, that's kind of what I was going to say. Is like I like the song because it shows off his storytelling ability, which is like one of the things that I like about his music. But I think I go to trapped in the drive-thru like nine times out of ten over this one just because number one of my familiarity with the source material uh, of trapped in the drive-thru, trapped in the closet, and then. Number two, just because I find it much more relatable, like the, you know, going to the drive-thru, whatever, is like a, you know, situation that we've all been in, whereas this song is about, you know, eating sauerkraut for breakfast and all this kind of crazy stuff, um, which, again, is is part of Weird Out. That's the weird in Weird Out, um, which, which I, I, you know, is, is so crucial to his identity, but I don't know. Stretched over this runtime, I think I just appreciate Trapped in the Drive-Thru a little bit more, but it's a good one, and I don't fault you for having it at number one. No. Uh, Kelly. Yeah, when I started making my list, I, I asked Alan, I'm like, what would you pick as your number one? And he said Albuquerque straight away. And I'm like, why? And he goes, because I love the absurdist humour in it. He loves the the levels of ridiculousness it goes to and the imagery that it portrays. It's just not one that I've ever gone to. The the long, the length is just too too much for me and just it no, doesn't hit. But I can appreciate it. That's true. All right. So that, that's, that's the show, everybody. Um, that was a very fun time. 
very quickly go through any honorable mentions. Um, Kelly? Uh, I really want to talk about Bob because I think a song made entirely of palindromes is just so smart. And even though it's maybe like I, I don't love Bob Dylan to start with and it doesn't have those hooks, I just think the the um, technique used is just amazing. I also love um, This Is The Life, Amish Paradise and Pocus on 45. Yeah. Uh, Scott? Canadian Idiot. I mean, again, I didn't want to go with too many uh, straight out of Linwood songs, but Canadian Idiot, um, you know, is, is a great one. My Baby's in Love with Eddie Vedder off of uh, Running with Scissors is one that I really like. Um, but then I think the others that, you know, I would have picked have come up like Don't Download This Song and Saga Begins. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Good episode. Uh, the ones, uh, the ones that made my top twenty-five that didn't get talked about um, on the episode uh, were the night Santa went crazy. Girls just want to have lunch. Stop dragging my car around. Uh, this song is just six words long. Was was on my list for a little bit, but mm -hmm. then came off. Uh, foil. Stop worrying that crap to me. Fat. Um, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. My favorite song from UHF. Um, and then, um, and then Ode to Super, Ode, Ode to Superhero, uh, the parody of uh, parody of Spider Man. Um, which was on my list, but it came off because I wanted to have because I didn't want to have to just be like a poodle hat list. But that is where I wrap up the show. Um, I know I mentioned I know I mentioned it uh, last week that next week is seventies albums, but I promise you that actual next week is is seventies albums. Uh, we were we were supposed to re we were recording them differently, but now things now things are, are getting recorded in the right order. But yeah, next uh, next week seventies albums with Andrew and Luca, and then a, a, an announcement at the end of that show. Uh, so stay stay tuned for that one. So for Scott, for Kelly, and myself, cheers, guys, and as always, drive safely. <laughs>